Hey, everyone. I just want to put it out there that nobody is perfect. In fact, um, some people even say Poe Buddies nerfect. Okay. So just a heads up that a certain podcast host may or may not have had their microphone unplugged at the beginning of this episode. So, you know, that particular podcast host may have sounded a bit different for the first few minutes, whoever they may be. We're not naming names. For all of you out there who only want to listen to their podcast hosts in high fidelity, don't worry, it does get better. Also, Don't Ask Tig will be taking a holiday break for a few weeks, and we'll be back in the new year with more episodes starting January 5th. So stay tuned, and happy holidays. And finally, don't forget to grab tickets for my Hello Again tour. Go to tignotaro.com right now. Don't miss out. Now on with the show. Do you want me to pitch one of your products? Uh, You could do all of them. Okay. What do you got going on? It's just like, you know, lesbian pants, lesbian shoes, (laughs) lesbian hair products, (laughs) lesbian cats, lesbian dating apps, you know. Wow. Okay. All All right. Yeah. Lesbian hairstylist. So Mm -hmm. take it from Rain. Here we go. Um, (laughs) Listen up, lesbians. Don't ask Tig. I'm Tig Notaro, and I'm doing just fine. Thanks for not asking. You know my guest for his portrayal of Dwight on The Office, among countless other film and television roles, including Harry Mudd on Star Trek Discovery. He hosts the podcast Metaphysical Milkshake with Rain and Reza, and is the co-founder of SoulPancake.com. Rain Wilson, thank you for being here. Tig, um, thanks for having me on your show. And it's really not countless other roles. They're counted other roles. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, it's really not countless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's counted. I see. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's 27 or 35 or 41 or something. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there, it's yeah. a finite number. Did you get out of the biz? Did you hit your cap? And then you got out at the finite number? I probably should. Uh-huh. I probably should get out of the biz. This is an intervention to get you out of the biz. I think it, it might be time. No, you silly, silly person. I did get fired from a movie that I didn't even start shooting because I wasn't a big enough name. <laughs> They're like, we need a bigger name. See... That's almost better than like putting in your heart and soul. And then they're like, this is terrible. This is so bad. We have to eject now and uh, get somebody else. That happened with stand up for me. And I didn't realize I was fired. And uh, I showed up to a club and they were running around saying, have we heard from the emergency fill-in comedian yet? And I remember thinking, oh, no, I hope Nancy's okay, the other comedian. 
<laughs> I, I was truly, I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. And it turned out that my comedy caused an emergency. Couldn't they have called you? They could you know have. I mean? I mean, it was years ago, though. I didn't have an agent. Okay. And it was before cell phones. And oh, so wow. I just was showing up to the gig that I was booked for. And wow. uh, I had done one show and I bombed. I think I did another show and then bombed. I should have caught on that I caused an emergency. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they could have faxed you. They could, they could have faxed my motel or my campsite, probably, <laughs> more likely. Yeah. Um, now, Rain, your mother was a, a yoga instructor, right? She still is. She still is. My mom is 80 or 81. I should know this. Um, and she still teaches yoga. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's living proof that it's a healthy thing to do. Dude, she is in maximum shape. She has more energy than she knows what to do with. It's kind of crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And your dad wrote science fiction novels. Yes, he did. And how how do you think your parents' careers shaped your personality? Wow, we're getting deep right off the bat here. This isn't deep. That's pretty deep. How did my parents' careers shape my personality? Sure. I mean, I can tell you how mine... I mean, we don't want to go into how my father's assistant manager at a pizza restaurant. <laughs> um, I mean, it did affect me. It did uh, yeah. shape me. Well, you have a you have an abiding love for pizza. It actually took a while for me to like pizza. Oh. I hated it until I was an adult. Oh, wow. Interesting. Because yeah. I always had to eat it at my father's pizza restaurants. Oh, your mm-hmm. refrigerator was probably filled of pizza boxes. Well, his. But yeah, oh, I didn't live with yeah. him. My dad was uh, a science fiction writer and an abstract painter. Mm-hmm. So he was painting abstract oils and writing science fiction books whenever he could. Mm-hmm. I will say that, so our household had a lot of imagination in it and a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. So my creativity and imagination were always greatly uh, uh, encouraged that was really cool. But one of the things I think in terms of my dad, because my mom and dad split when I was pretty young, I lived with my dad. One of the things was that my dad was never successful at his art. He never sold any paintings and he he sold one science fiction book of his like 15, Mm. but he got a check for like $500 and then it didn't really sell any copies. Um, Which was, I realized like, hey, if I want to be an artist of some kind, I'm going to have to really work my ass off and I can't do it as a hobby. So I think I really learned like I need to like get training and work hard and, and network and, and meet people and, and just do everything I can to try and make a living at it. Cause I, I saw my dad who passed away last year really struggle with trying to be an artist. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to do that same path. Yes. Is this too depressing? Have we gotten really sad? And this is supposed to be a comedy show? No, this is supposed to be a go deep, go silly, or go home kind of show. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry that your father passed away. Thanks. But it, you know, it's kind of similar, as I was saying, with my father working at a, a pizza restaurant and the different things that he tried that he wasn't successful at. What did he do outside of the pizza restaurant? I mean, he had a lot of big ideas. Yeah. 
he, he didn't see any of these big ideas come true. I think what he saw come true was how he had children, I think five kids. Okay. But yeah, it shifted things for me. Yeah. So my dad, his day job was managing a sewer construction business. And then he had a little manual typewriter and he was writing his crazy, crazy fantasy science fiction books. And did you read his books? I read every book. The second it was done, hot off the presses, I was like giddy with delight. That's incredible. I loved them so much. But even I, reading them at age like, you know, 11, 12, 13, even I knew like, well, this is cool, but it's really not good enough to be published. <laughs> even I, I never said that, but like, uh, this part's repetitive. This part's long. I don't really buy this. Even when you were a kid? Even when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah. I think I was about 18 where I thought, oh, I don't think my father's going to do any of these things. Because every time I'd be like, yeah, you should do that. You should open that business or you should create that thing. And then I think around when I was like 19, maybe, I, I was like, oh, this is a pattern. Right. This isn't going to happen. Right. But at least your your father was writing stuff and creating things. He was. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did. But even like with his paintings, I would always say, even when I was like, I remember being 11 years old or something like, how come you never try and sell your paintings? He's like, oh, well, it's kind of a racket, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, well, you got to go down to the where the galleries are in downtown Seattle and just bring your paintings down and see if they want them. Oh, the, they would never take them. And, blah, 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 blah. and I, I remember at 11 going, wow, I wish he would make some effort to sell his paintings. They're really good. But he... He didn't. So again, this influenced me right. um, in a reverse psychology kind of way mm -hmm. of like, oh, here's what not to do. Right. Yeah. And you learned and you did well, sir. I did okay. I got my own podcasting microphone. You sure do. Yeah. And you have more than one podcast. So that's pretty great. So many pods, so little time. Now, one of Dwight's uh, most repeated quotes on The Office is, before I do anything, I ask myself, would an idiot do that? And if the answer is yes, I do not do that thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that bad advice or good advice? Um, a great question. Uh, I think that's bad advice because I think then you would be in this process of like, oh, here's something I want to do, or maybe I could do this. And then you stop and you examine it. And then you go... Oh, would an idiot do that? And then if you can picture an idiot doing it, then you don't do it. And then it would probably hold you back from trying things. You've got to look idiotic sometimes. You've got to try things like, oh, what's it like to eat a raw potato? Um, maybe I'll try that. And then you get sick and you're like, okay, I don't need to do that again. You know, I don't know what the choices out there are, but um, I think it's too, it's too cerebral. I think you've got to just try you've got to try and learn and you, and you gotta you, eat that raw potato yeah you gotta eat it you really do rain how are you at giving advice just in general across the board because we're about to get into it I, I love that we're getting into it and i'm honest i'll be really honest with you i think i'm pretty good at it well we will see i've had a lot i've had a lot of therapy uh -huh. you know I've, 20 years of it you know, and nonstop, straight through? Pretty much. So, That's good. A few gaps here and there, but mm -hmm. you know, uh, 
I've been through a lot. Bathroom breaks? You took bathroom breaks during your therapy of 20 years? Never. Never. (laughs) Never. That's quite a bladder. Mm -hmm. I held it. Here we go. This is our first one in, and it's actually a question that involves a problem at the office. Ooh. Regretful writes, Hi, Tig. I have an issue with a colleague from work. We became good friends. I was a bridesmaid at his wedding. After we both left the company where we met, I recommended him for a position at my new job. He got the job, and that's when the problems began. Okay. I don't know if I changed or he changed, but I just can't stand being around him anymore. He became the type of person who always has to be on top and can't show any sign of vulnerability. It just wears me out being around him every day. He doesn't pick up the clues and thinks we are still good friends. So he keeps following me around the office, meddling into my conversations. I'm just terrible at confrontation, and a part of me feel sorry for him because he's not the most sociable person in the world. What do you think? Um, <laughs> that's tricky. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's tricky. Maybe Rain feels like, oh, I, I see the clear answer. But, um, you know, it, it kind of goes to that thing of when you outgrow a, a friendship or even breaking up in a romantic relationship, hmm. it, it would call for a very awkward conversation right rain i I, i'm with you you know i'm nine times out of ten always about like just have the uncomfortable conversation that you don't really 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 don't want to have um in this case there's a number of things that this person said about the other person um where it's like they find them annoying and kind of arrogant in a way. And that can't really be fixed. But like, if you make it more about the boundaries of like, I would say it's almost like, hey, I noticed that sometimes you follow me around or sometimes you kind of interrupt and I just need a little more space at work to have, because I'm trying to have different relationships with lots of different people. And we have our relationship, but I'm trying to get to know Susan and accounting in this certain way. And Bobby and Susan's great. She's great. She's the best. She's wonderful. And Bobby and shipping and receiving, like, you know. He's the best. He's so, he's funny. He's funny. He is. It's dark, but he's funny. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't see it right at first, but it it sneaks up on you. And sometimes he literally sneaks up on you. Right. Which can be terrifying because. Yeah. That's the dark part. Yeah. It's like, go back to. Yeah. Receiving? Is that where you were? Shipping and receiving, yeah. Shipping and receiving, yeah. Because like, he, he carries a knife, you know, to open uh-huh. the boxes. I know. So it's, but um, nonetheless, Susan, Bobby, whomever, we have a good time. But yeah, I think the conversation would be good, but maybe to keep it a little more specific on some some boundaries rather mm-hmm. than saying, you're annoying, I don't like you, and you've gotten arrogant. Which you could do. And that will take care of the problem immediately. This guy will never talk to you again. Yes. Yep. So. Yep. Um, regretful? Take it from Rain. He played a a meddlesome coworker on TV <laughs> for years. <laughs> so, Rain, it's time for a short break. Uh, then we'll uh, we'll come back for more questions.
If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. You can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Sephora, and Zappos. And even stack deals on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Janae Desmond-Harris, a.k.a. Dear Prudence, and I want you to tell me about all your problems. Each week on Slate's Dear Prudence podcast, I'm here to tackle your questions about relationships, sex, work, family, and beyond, all with the help of an expert guest. We'll help you navigate it all. Whether you're a teen dealing with parents, an adult looking to spice up your sex life, or you just need some validation that you're not losing it, we're here to listen and to offer some guidance. Need help? Just ask Prudy. New episodes every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Jamila Jamil here. You may know me from my role in The Good Place or from She-Hulk or from social media and my activism. I Weigh basically started as a social movement and my podcast is one of my truly greatest achievements. It's a podcast against shame and a place for us to have really honest and truly inclusive conversations. I love connecting with people. I love learning. I have a lot to learn and I'm inviting you along with me. On I Weigh with Jamila Jamil, I have friends, activists, specialists and absolute heroes join me to teach me from their experience and expertise. People like Conan O'Brien, Jane Fonda, Roxanne Gay, Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Byer, Alok, Kelly Roland, and more. I Weigh with Jamila Jamil has new episodes out every Tuesday and you can find the show on earwolf.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are back. Rain, this next question is from a fan of yours. Okay. Mary writes... Hi there. I saw that Rain will be on and had a question. I've heard Rain speak about proudly being weird, and he played Dwight beautifully. My question is, for those of us who at some point started toning down our innate offbeatness, what is the best way to start tapping back in without worrying the people close to us by maybe going the opposite direction and coming on way too strong? Um... Maybe start with uh, footwear. Ooh, like like kind of the the Herman Munster Doc Martin boots. Uh huh. I like that. What kind about of, clown shoes? Clown shoes could work. Yeah, that's a, that is an odd question. I don't I don't know how to answer <laughs> that question. I don't know. What well the, I, I the feel question, like this, I feel like this person is so repressed, like they're holding in all this weirdness. Yeah. That, that there's so much weird that wants to come out. And they're like, how do I not like let it all like what would it look like for this person to all of a sudden like they have a pet ferret and they get a face <laughs> tattoo and they you know a ferret on a on a on a leash and a, yeah. a parrot on the shoulder. Yes. A ferret and a parrot. A ferret. Everything that rhyme yeah. Yeah. Um, has to rhyme. 
and and they want to play Dungeons and Dragons all weekend long, and they mm-hmm. you know, only drink YooHoo chocolate soda or something like that. Like <laughs> like their total weirdness is gonna like. I think you got to let it out. What what is their name? Mary? Is that what you said? Mary, and not a weird sounding person no. at all. Just let your freak flag fly, right, Tig? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I mean, who cares? You can't go incremental with this. Shit, you know, you just mm. got to let it out. I've always thought of uncomfortable moments and awkwardness and weird things about yourself. I picture the human body full of springs and that you're trying to hold the springs in, but every now and then one pops out and you just try and shove it back in and and the other one (laughs) pops out and you're just going through life trying to push these springs back in. And, and I, I think Mary is, you know, she's got a lot of springs ready to. Yeah. Can you make that noise? I don't do it as good as you. You really don't. You should have just said no when I said, can you do that noise? That's lame. Wow. Uh, I can't make that noise effectively, but I didn't know that before you asked. I thought I could. You can't make that noise. I can't do it. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. Mary... You you just you gotta you gotta let your 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 freak flag fly and your springs pop out. Let them go. I mean, boing, 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 boing. Yeah, no, let them go. Boing, boing. I feel like that's what she's doing right now. Is what you're doing. Yeah, you can you can't hold you can't keep those in. You can't keep those springs in. You can't keep your. Freak flag down for too long. That's right. Or else you're going to end up like... Bobby and shipping and receiving. I, I was about to say Bobby and shipping and receiving, but but we had so many great that's what things they call to it. say about that's, him. That's a callback. That's what they call in comedy, callback. I know. I've always appreciated that you give me comedy lessons over the years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Rain, uh, this next one is a coronavirus conundrum. Uh-oh. What if COVID-19 never disappears? Health experts say the key word is adapt. I know, America, you're really tired of hearing those things, but the virus is not tired of us, and it's shape-shifting. Our fate is in our own hands. Please get vaccinated. Please do it. Faith and Tatum write... We postponed our May 2020 wedding to March 2022 and have lost touch with some of the originally invited people and made new friends since. Hmm. We were at the maximum number for our venue. Is there a tactful way to uninvite some people we haven't spoken to in almost two years to invite new good friends? P.S. Stephanie and you are invited and welcome to take the place of two people we haven't spoken to in years. Well, that's nice. That's that's very nice. But Rain didn't get. An I did invite. not get an invite. You and your wife uh, will not be. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. What about your this sons is... too? Guess no kids. I guess no kids. Hmm. I I think in this case, Tig, you gotta go with like the old 
folks, it's been so long since we're originally going to get married. Now we're getting married again. We're just going to have a much smaller, kind of more intimate ceremony. We're doing things a little bit differently. Um, we'll be having a Zoom uh, <laughs> gathering to. So you're saying lie? I am saying lie, aren't I? But I like what you're saying about that we are, um, you know, scaling down. Yep. You know, and you could scale down and keep it honest by just making it one less person. That way it stays completely honest. You scaled down. Let's say you've invited 300 people. Invite 299. That way you stay honest. Here's the thing. You got to make sure people aren't uploading photos after you say you scaled down because although you're keeping it honest at 299, it might reveal that there's still a load of people that went. That is tough. Yeah, but I think you make a good point, Rain. Just say that that you've you've scaled down. You know, people can't really argue during pandemic time. Who's going to argue too? There's there might be some hurt feelings, you know. There's gonna be hurt feelings, but are you really gonna fight about it and be like, no, I'm coming? Well, no, no, that's not gonna happen. But you know, Ronnie and Scott, you know, they used to be good friends, oh, yeah. and they and they right. lived down the block, and then they're disinvited, mm-hmm. and they look on Instagram, and they look on Penelope's Instagram, and it's like, oh my god, look at all the champagne toasts. What? Well, first of all, the problem lies with Penelope because she posts way too. Much. All the time. Her- it's like, can you not live your life without posting? We know you're you're alive. We know you're doing we things. We know you have a cat. Like, relax. Yeah. Jeez. Did we uh, help Faith and Tatum? Yeah, I think, um, listen, Faith, listen, Tatum, it's about, I think what we're saying is right on. It's like, hey, we've shifted the focus of the wedding. We're downscaling a little bit and um, so sorry, but um, we're <laughs> we don't like you anymore. <laughs> We're going in a different direction. <laughs> that's that's what they always say in Hollywood. You don't get apart. They're like, yeah. they've decided to go in a different direction. Just say yeah. they don't want you. Yeah. It, with the pandemic, you've reorganized things, yeah. scaled down a bit. Just go from 300 to 299 or whatever your number is. Sure. And then... Um, scale scale down could even mean like I'm spending less money. If you were going to spend... $53,000, just spend oh, $52,000, right? that's true. Yeah. yeah. Just, you just know, forego keep it the, honest. forego the chocolate fountain. That's right. <laughs> um, Faith and Tatum, thanks for the invite. I'm going to send rain in my place with my children. <laughs> <laughs> for this final listener question, Rain, Zoe writes, Tig, I have a hard time reading books. My attention span is short, and then I often end up forgetting to finish all the way through. Do you have any juicy book suggestions that I wouldn't be able to put down? Thanks. <sighs> well. You know, here's, I, I, have a, I have an advice around that. I think start with books that are really fun to read and page turners. Like if you... Um, are a fan of Carol King, then get the page turner Carol King biography and read mm-hmm. it and you'll love it and you'll be like, oh my God. And you you just can't you can't put it down. You just start from the beginning and go to the end. And then 
do do several of those and it gets you in the rhythm of like of of reading it it motivates you and then you can kind of stretch out to like um oh i'm going to read a biography of Laura Nairo or someone much more obscure. I don't know. I think that's, yeah, I, I think finding your passion is really good. I mean, I think you could find that in um, biographies and autobiographies as well as self-help. Like, what's your big problem? Mm. Do you get in your own way? Mm-hmm. Do you have control issues? Um, you know, do you, whatever it is. Maybe look into self-help and you and you might be connecting in that way where you're like, oh, this is really good. This is helpful. I like this information I'm getting. Um, I do want to say if you start with any sort of biography, autobiography type book, why not start with Tig Notaro, I'm Just a Person? That's a wonderful book to start with. Or Rain Wilson's The Bassoon King. Right. I mean, these that would be second in line. Mine will, will I mean, this is a listener of my podcast, Rain. I'll, so I'll, I'll take second. Okay. Yeah. So read mine, then Rain's, then read about your um, whatever issues you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Go get some help. Listen, Zoe, you need help. That's what this boils <laughs> down to. Is you are out of your mind and you need help. So go get the help you deserve. <laughs> Um, but I do, I think that finding some sort of personal, um, connection or interest would be, would be very helpful. Um, and, uh, those are our book recommendations. There you have it. Those are our book recommendations and those are binding. Did you do that on purpose? Uh, repeat it. Those are our book recommendations and those are binding. Yes. Those are binding like a book. And I think we've covered that one. Did you mean to do that? Do what? Uh, interrupt me uh, winding down <laughs> <laughs> this question. Yeah. <laughs> read, the fi- read the fine print, Tig. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, Rain, our final segment for you is a special, it's a special one. And it's one that we call Advice of Yesteryear. When Jerry brags about taking Ginny out, He learns that she dates all the boys. So, as we see now, menstruation is just one routine step in a normal and natural cycle. How do you choose a date? Well, one thing you can consider is look. I did everything you said, but my boss still hasn't asked me to lunch. Hmm. This is where we take a real question from an advice column of yesteryear, and we try to answer it a little better. This question comes to us from 1921, from Beatrice Fairfax's advice column, Advice to the Lovelorn. Dear Beatrice Fairfax, I am a little boy, 18 years old, and I want your advice. Seven months ago, I met a girl whom I dearly loved, and she permitted me to see her every evening. We got along fine for about four months. Then I think she got tired of me and told me she did not like me. So believing she really meant what she said, I went in search of another and found one. One day I wrote her a letter and my first friend found it out. The next week I called on her and she was very angry. She said I was deceitful and told me to leave her home. Now I'm trying to forget her 
but I can't. She is always on my mind. So if there is any way that you know that I can forget her, please give me your advice. Signed, M-D-D-M. Hmm. 1921. When did people stop writing like that? And when did people stop considering themselves a little boy, 18 years old? At 18, yeah. I mean, P- that is, that, a little boy <laughs> is like five years old, like yeah, Max. Yeah, Finn. Um, yeah, isn't it, isn't human nature funny? Because he, he went and he found someone else, but then he's obsessed with the woman who's rejected mm-hmm. him multiple yeah. times. Why why are we like that? Why do we always look for love in the wrong places? What is this, the Urban Cowboy soundtrack? Looking for love and all the wrong... Was that an Urban Cowboy? Yes, sir. That song was? Yes, sir. Uh, I guess that's what it brought up for me. It's like, this is 100 years ago, and like I know so many people that are like obsessed with the person who's rejecting mm-hmm. them. Have you gone um, through that before? The back and forth, the... the- push and the pull and the yeah you know i had a early uh high school girlfriend and she dumped me and then we kind of got back together um a- after graduation and then she kind of dumped me again and then we got together in college for a while and then i did i did mm-hmm. dump her and there was a lot of kind of back and mm-hmm. forth um and now we're good friends to this day we're actually good friends i actually spoke to her yesterday oh, okay yeah great yeah so it all worked out. Well, um, yeah, I, I think this I think this little boy of 18 years old, he does seem young. But, I mean, you are young at that age, even though you're a, a legally sure. an adult. You're, I can't mm-hmm. believe how immature I was. Um, I mean, I, I really can't. And so... I can't believe how immature I was at 40. I was going to say, I, I think that I kind of turned a corner when I met Stephanie almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my big mm-hmm. wake-up call. And um, and then we adopted a cat. I mean, things got mm-hmm. serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think MDDM needs to see more of the world. He needs to get out. He needs to go, to, mm-hmm. I don't know, Singapore and smoke opium. Go out with flappers. Yes. He needs to go out with some flappers. <laughs> And he needs to buy, he needs to ride one of those giant bicycles with the giant front (laughs) tire. tiny back tire. That's what he needs. Yeah. 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 And he needs to go on, go on a steamboat (laughs) up and down the Mississippi. And uh, yeah, all of that. He needs to send a telegraph. (laughs) If she doesn't get your telegraph, then gosh darn it, ride your big wheel in the front and tiny wheel in the back, (laughs) bike over to her house. (laughs) And And smoke some opium with her. Do you want to hear what uh, Beatrice wrote back in 1921? Oh, yeah, I do. I believe I would forget a young lady so very hard to suit. She doesn't want you, and she does. All in the same breath, it would seem. Anyway, you are entirely too young to take any girl seriously. And it is not wise to call on any young lady every night in the week. It is inevitable. That's a good point, and we did miss that. We missed a lot, Rain. That isn't the one part of this episode where <laughs> where we fell short. 
you're like chiming and going, I'll be all right. I admit it. We missed that part. <laughs> I, but I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself like, yeah, every night of the week, like cool down, bro. Cool your jets. He's just a little boy. <laughs> I'm just a little boy. It's inevitable that one or the other will tire in time. Wisdom for the ages. Rain, we've reached the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything that you would like to let our listeners know? Um, no, I don't have anything to promote. What about office reruns? Uh, find a new show, <laughs> people. <laughs> Enough already with the office reruns. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Metaphysical Milkshake. They can listen to Metaphysical Milkshake. Big human ideas told with great mm -hmm. jocularity. Wonderful. You were on a very special episode about comedy and trauma. I uh, I remember that. Yeah. And um, yeah. I have a tour. I have a national tour. What? Yeah, I just, I just, I mean, I don't just have a podcast. Right. And a thriving acting career and, a, and just a book. You know what I mean, Rain? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I also have a, a tour coming up. You should get an agent. I do have representation. Oh. Yes. Oh, good. Good. Because you need... You yeah. need what? No, that's good. You're going to need someone to, you know, answer those calls on your behalf and whatnot. Yeah. Well, Rain, it was wonderful to see you, as always. And um, I look forward to when I see your, your mug in the flesh again. So thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on your show. This was super fun. Thank you. Bye-bye, Rain. So long, America. Listeners, don't forget to do your last-minute holiday shopping with tickets to my tour. Hello Again is the title of the tour, and tickets are at tignotaro.com. Get tickets for yourself because you love yourself and for your loved ones who aren't you. And remember, we're taking a little break, so we will see you again on January 5th. Tig is hosted by me, Tig Notaro. It's produced by Thomas Ouellette, Shana Deloria, and Ryan Lohr. Our executive producer and editor is Beth Perlman. Engineering and sound mixing by Johnny Vince Evans and Eric Romani. Digital production by James Napoli. Talent booking by Marianne Ways. Production support from Pizza Shark and Dan Latou. Our theme music is Friend and Tig by Edie Burkell and Kyle Crusham. And Listen to Your Heart by Edie Burkell. Special thanks to Hunter Seidman. APM Studios executives in charge are Lily Kim, Alex Shafford, and Joanne Griffith. Concept developed by Tracy Mumford. Our executive consultant is Dean Capello and Gobsmack Studios. You can always ask for advice at don'tasktig.org. Just write in with your problem or send us a voice memo. 
Remember to follow us on social media at Don't Ask Tig. Don't Ask Tig is a production of American Public Media. And as always, thanks, Dana. And I'll tell Becky. I'm stand-up comedian and sex symbol Tig Notaro. And I'm actor and writer Cheryl Hines. Before Cheryl and I got into the big business of podcasting together, <laughs> we were just simply friends. And we're still friends. But now we talk about a different documentary every week on our podcast, Tig and Cheryl, True Story. So whether you love documentaries or just want to hear us slowly lose our minds, check out Tig and Cheryl, True Story, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, cool.